Hey guys, <laughs> everyone, welcome. If you're looking at the screen and going, wait, what day is today? What's going on here? <laughs> uh, we got an update for you. But first, welcome to the Arrowhead Attic Podcast. My name is Matt Connor. I am a somewhat normal host around here, except on Tuesdays, but now it's Thursdays. Uh, you know, of course, uh, we had some changes in the past with Matt Verderam, who's still a friend of the show, but is now a Sports Illustrated. Patrick Allen is somewhere sipping Mai Tais or... It was out of a coconut. That's all I got, Matt. Yeah, I, I don't know. He's he's lying on a beach somewhere, having a good time, uh, avoiding all the crazy schedule leaks and whatever's going on. And I said, hey, if, I, uh, if I'm doing this show and I get to pick, I want to have on a couple of our writers from arrowheadaddict.com. So I'd like to welcome... It's fun to hang out like here on the show. First, we have Jacob Millam and Charles great. Robinson, both... Uh, both you've you've read their work if you've read uh much at all uh at arrowhead addict uh they're both great writers i i love having them as part of our team how are you guys doing today i'm i'm doing all right man it is uh it is thursday i'm looking forward to the weekend it is friday eve as they say i'm i'm i am jealous of patrick i, I ain't gonna lie man that is uh that looks super <laughs> relaxing you need a beachside drink is that what you're yeah. saying and i'm like down the road right down the road from virginia beach so i can go do it but man there's too many tourists like patrick allen down there right now so uh i'm gonna <laughs> avoid all that <laughs> yeah you can't have those tourists mucking up your beautiful part of the country there yeah i'm, yeah. I'm feeling off i'm feeling awfully skeptical today i don't i don't know what uh what to believe and what not to believe as far as uh the accuracy of these uh schedule leaks going around so i'm kind of I'm, i don't know maybe i'm a little like paranoid maybe i'm just kind of uh you know losing faith and and the accuracy of information that's on twitter because typically everything you read on twitter is correct so i don't even oh, know what course. to believe today dude I, I i'm with you i i uh i solved my i i solved all my health woes by looking on there i'm i'm mm -hmm. Uh, marital advice, uh, wow. you know, presidential choices, the whole bit. Yeah, um, I'm I'm learning how to parent strictly off of Twitter advice. So. <laughs> oh it. no, I love it. So um, obviously today is a big deal. It might sound weird. Mid May, mid May on a Thursday is somehow a big deal in the NFL. Which, by the way, can we talk about this just for a second? Right, the NFL hasn't played a game for four months. Not gonna play a game for four months that matters at all. And somehow in the middle of baseball going strong, basketball playoffs, NHL, I don't know, a puck is doing something, I'm sure, these days. <laughs> what, whatever's going on there, somehow all we're talking about is the draft, then the post-draft, then grades, and then now we're talking more NFL stuff. We're talking about like a database, basically, a glorified database revealed of what's <laughs> happening four months from now. And we've all been glued to Twitter all day wondering – we already knew the who we already knew the who and we're still just going, well, but, but when and where and what time <laughs> I find this crazy, but also the NFL is king at doing what they do. Yeah, Matt, it's just the NFL has an absolute stranglehold on the fan base on like all the media. Like you just, I mean, I know that's a little hypocritical. We're talking about it, but you go <laughs> on to your, your TV guide and it's like three different channels having different stuff just about the official schedule reveal. And it's it's everywhere. Like you said, this doesn't change who they're playing. It's just like what channel and at what time. That's really all it boils down to. 
And then just think about all the months of talking that we're going to do about this. It's like, oh, well, is this mystery suspension going to affect the week four matchup again, just like it did last week or last year? Excuse me. Um, Charles, how are you feeling about it, man? Uh, the NFL is the most powerful drug in the United States, at least. Uh, mm. I, it's an absolute. I, I don't know. They they've got everyone in a stranglehold and I might myself included. I'm sure you guys as well. Like. It's almost like your behaviors change is naturally because like, you know, if I check my phone to see an email or to see if someone has texted me, I- I've thrown that out the window today because I'm just looking at Twitter every single time I pick up my phone to see like, OK, what else is leaked here? Um, and I'm sure hundreds of thousands of football fans across the country are doing the exact same thing today. So Wait, is this uh, why you ignored my text? Is that is that what this is? Oh, uh, yeah. No. Yeah, exactly. I, uh, I was like, I'll get I'll get to him at, at four o'clock. It'll be fine. Like, we'll, <laughs> we'll talk before the show. You know, Charles, uh, when you said you were throwing that out the window, I thought you meant your phone for a second. Just like yeah, all just, I imagined was you frisbeeing your phone. <laughs> just I thought awesome. about it. But yeah, no, I've, I've, I've maintained possession of my of my phone today. It's safe. Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. So Jacob brought this up earlier. I wanted to ask this because um, the NFL is hosting a party tonight called the schedule reveal, like a, like a gender review. I don't know if like maybe Adam <laughs> Schefter is going to like open a cupcake and it's going to have the color of the team. <laughs> oh my God. Maybe there's going to be like a, a glitter bomb that goes off over Scott Hansen. And they'll be like, it's a home game. Ah, you know, I don't know what it is, but however they're going to do it, it's three hours. And you would think, okay, for all the pomp and pageantry, you want all the viewers to be tuned in, anxious to answer all these questions of what we're saying, the who, what, when, and where. And instead, like I'm looking at Twitter and we were talking about this a little bit earlier and it's like some some egg on Twitter whose handle is like schedule my homies, then says like, I got the lead, I got all the stuff here. Or, you know, it's like, you know, Veach lover 284. And then it says, Oh, here's when the Bears are playing the Chiefs. And you're like, you don't know anything. Didn't you predict that like Jeremy Macklin was going to return this year or something? Like, you, you don't <laughs> yeah. know what you're saying. About the, Chiefs are, the Chiefs are going to sign T.O., I think. He's going to come out of retirement. Oh, right? oh yeah. But then, yeah. But then some of these same people end up somehow right. And we're mm-hmm. going like, okay, is this a broken clock thing? Did you just make a – or is there like really a burner? Like, is there some guy in Arrowhead going – I'll make a burner and make, I, I don't know what, like, and what do you think of all like, just it's weird, isn't it? it? Yeah. I mean, it almost gives you trust issues with, uh, you know, with, with what's what to believe and what not to believe. I know last year there was uh, an account like NFL schedule leaks that have like the NFL shield as its profile picture on Twitter. And the guy gained like 10,000 plus followers in three days. And then whenever 
all of his leaks weren't correct. He's like, LOL, you guys are idiots. Like, no wonder you think the election was rigged. Like, I, you know, <laughs> like uh, yeah, Americans will believe anything. Like, I guess so. I mean, you know, if you start tweeting enough believable stuff, people are going to be like, oh, yeah, that's yeah, he's got to be right. And how many folks out there are paying for that blue little check mark? And they're they're going to fool oh, thousands of people oh, man. just with like, yeah, this is, this is the official month. thing. Yeah. Hey, you know what? If you can afford it, power, power to you. I'm a little too cheap <laughs> right. for that, man. <laughs> it's like at a, a darn Schefter. Yeah. And the, and the R and the N go together to look like an M. And you're like, yeah. He, yeah, he said Mahomes is getting traded. No way. You know, and then the whole whatever. It's craziness. Well, craziness. Matt, you you sourced a guy early, earlier, Ian Napaport. You know, just hey, <laughs> I had to. I had Patrick. Yeah, Patrick was. Uh, I had to lay out Patrick's schedule for him, and then he said, "Who told you that?" So I, I Ian Napaport was the best pun I could come up with there. But uh, oh, yeah, I mean, um, Napsheet, stuff like Napsheet that. always has the always has the breaking news. <laughs> you better believe it. <laughs> it was either that or Adam Slepter. But ooh, yeah, that's a good one. Yeah, I know, I know. So um, obviously, we want to talk about the schedule. What we know. And I want to break this down with you guys, get some good insight, talk about that. But before we do, um, our friends at DraftKings actually have a great opportunity. Um, look, if you guys are into what we do here, um, and so many of you out there have been great listeners, great supporters of the podcast, or even like members of Arrowhead Addict, um, which is also an option. You know, you guys have, have helped us in so many ways. Uh, but one other way you can, and if you want now, now that the schedule's out or coming out, uh, there's going to be so many more things you can bet on. Just want to say, if you're living in Kansas, we've got an awesome limited time promo for new DraftKings users. Make a deposit, place a $5 wager on any sport at all and you get $150 instantly added to your account and bonus bets, win or lose. All you have to do is use our code Arrowhead to sign up and redeem them. So again, use the code Arrowhead, place that first bet, $5 on a new account, new bet, gets you 150 in bonus bets. New customers only, 21 and over physically present in Kansas. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem, 1-800-522-4700. Valid one offer per customer, minimum $5 deposit and $5 wage required. Rewards issues as non-withdrawable bonus bets and expire seven days after being awarded. And see full terms at DraftKings.com. Thanks to DraftKings and any of you. If you're going to bet, bet responsibly. And you might as well help out some friends uh, while we do it. Well, let's dive in here. And look, let's dive in right from the top. Because one of the earliest reports that came out uh, that we could confirm that the Chiefs were behind the whole thing was week one. And we've all wondered for some time, who's it going to be? Who's going to be the big matchup to start the year? And then came the word that it was the Detroit Lions. And it feels like before you could even get to the second syllable of the first name in that, Detroit, everyone was already asleep going, you know, like where I read one, I read one take that just said, this matchup has zero juice. And I loved that phrase because I thought that's kind of right. It also feels unfair to what Detroit did last year. Once you take a look, but I wonder for you guys, is this a zero juice matchup? For me, it, for me, it is um, the only juice in it is the fact that what I think it was the last time that Mahomes and Goff matched up. It was one of the best primetime mm. games ever in history. But that was under, you know, Sean McVay's offense. That was what that was like five years ago now, at the very <laughs> least, like completely, completely different set of circumstances. And I know fellow writer <laughs> Lucas, you know, he's he's loving it. Because he's up there in Detroit. So he is uh he writes about the Chiefs, but he is ready to to see this matchup. Yep, there you go, right there. The roar has been restored. Is that really what do they yell that like all in unison? 
that's that's too much. That's, that's a little lengthy, much. yeah. Yeah, it's like uh, when like my nine year old son when he's like singing and everyone is like in the choirs like going like one line. <laughs> They're all like saying random things, and then there's like, one guy at the end who's like says it for way too long, like he got in late. Anyway, uh, Charles, what do you think of the of, of Detroit there? Uh, I, I mean, it, it has the opportunity to have some fireworks because you know Detroit's offense started kind of clicking on all cylinders all year long. Really, I mean, they put up points in their defense. I mean, it'll be a decent barometer for this kind of new look Chiefs offense because obviously they added a couple pieces in the secondary in the offseason. Detroit did with uh, with CJ Gardner Johnson and a couple other guys in the in the secondary, but that defense was pretty bad last year. And if, you know, if if trends kind of hold steady, then you should see a lot of points in that matchup, which everybody likes to see. But who knows? I mean, early in the you know early in the year, you never really know if offenses are going to be on on pace yet, if the defenses are going to be picking up or gelling together yet. So uh, I personally would have loved to have seen, you know, Buffalo or maybe I, I knew they wouldn't do the, do the Super Bowl rematch in week one. They want to save that for a different slot, but I, I thought it was going to be the bills. I think that would have been a more hmm. sexy matchup to start the season, but I think the lions could still be a decent game. Hopefully a chiefs win, but you know, we'll, we'll see it all. There's a lot of time between now and then. So, you know, there could be, you know, injuries happen. They could sign different players. It's it, it's all – it's not the sexiest matchup they could have picked, but it's still football. I mean, we're still talking about it today <laughs> well, in May, so. Yeah, it is football. And, and, and so earlier I said, you know, does it have the juice or not? And I think a lot of people are kind of yawning at the matchup compared to mm. what it could have been. I think that's what yeah. it is. It's not, it's not so much like anti-Detroit. I think people respect what's happening in Detroit. You know, they went from three wins – uh, in Dan Campbell's first year to a nine and eight record last year, right? So you've got the winning record there. Um, the, a six a six game improvement is nothing to sneeze at. Then, then you said they signed Gardner Johnson, they signed Cam Sutton, so the, the secondary certainly looks a lot better. Uh, they just added what two players on both sides of the ball in the draft, uh, including like Jameer Gibbs and Sam Laporta on offense. I, th- I think there are a lot of impressive pieces. Plus, not to mention. Aiden Hutchinson in his second year is going to be, there's going to be a reckoning there on a level that wasn't there last year. So all that to say, you know, I don't want to disrespect them. They won eight of their last 10 games, maybe the hottest NFC team down the stretch, maybe. So when you are that red hot, there's a lot of good going on. But, but one of you mentioned earlier, week one is wonky. I mean, they, in fact, they should just call it wonky one or something because we've seen either opponents or the Chiefs lay an egg before, and you're like, like, you're like, what's going on? And it just feels like out of the gate, some horses just randomly stumble at times. So, who do you think benefits most from this being like the the matchup from the outset? I think the Chiefs for sure. I mean, it, it, you know, they've added a couple pieces in the secondary, but I mean, with Hutchinson up front, yeah, that's a that's going to be a challenge with new tackles for the Chiefs, but. You know, that front seven of Detroit, I mean, if KC wants to kind of lock in and figure out how they're going to, you know, run first and then play the passing game off the run, that's a pretty good team to start against. So I I would say the Chiefs to get, you know, a decent uh, start on offense and find some rhythm, that's a pretty good matchup for them. For sure, for sure. And this uh, this receiving core is going to need time to yeah. kind of gel, and we, and we want to see that on game day. You know, we can, we can hear all about it in training camp and during the summer, but once you know game day is a whole different beast i would i'm actually going to go more towards our defensive secondary right now um it's still still pretty young like this is 
the second week one for a lot of these players. And that's not to be underestimated. And they added more pieces or there's going to be more second year players expected to step up for this defense. So, you know, Jared Goff and that receiving core, it's not it's not bad. I wouldn't call it like a top 10 unit or a top 10 passing game, excuse me, but it's at least around average. So I think this is a good barometer game, like you said, Matt. So I'm I am looking forward to it. I just don't see a, a true challenge here for Kansas City personally. I want to get some of the user comments here. Steve Cashman says, uh, the NFL knows the ratings will be huge regardless of opponent. They were protecting other dates like New Year's Eve, for example. Totally agree. Totally agree. You know, every game with the Chiefs is going to be must-watch TV. Stacey Smith, one of our own contributors there as well at AA, by the way, uh, give you a shout, says the Lions will be the biggest beneficiary. Campbell gets to use this game as a measuring stick for an improving team. That's a great point. Uh, like, like if you're Campbell, you're thinking long term. This isn't about. I mean, of course, they'd like to win this game, but if the even if they if they come in and play tough at Arrowhead. Uh, you're gonna be. You're gonna say, "Hey, look, we won eight of our last ten. We're starting out this year against the defending champs, and we punched them in the mouth. Like that. That could be a big momentum to get these young guys to believe in this franchise that's probably been a laughing stock since most of them have been born. So, um, yeah, I, I think that's huge. Sean says Detroit is on the rise, and anyone can be anyone on any given day. So I never feel comfortable until the game is over. However, I am glad to get a non-prime matchup. Casey gets so many; they need a buffer. Uh, and then finally, Marmar says, a perfect matchup in my eye. Lions are definitely on the rise and the Chiefs, nice pace for the newcomers. Uh, yeah, I, you know, I agree. It'll be, uh, it'll be interesting, uh, but there are bigger games, bigger matchups. We'll, we'll get to these in just a second. Uh, let's move on. One other thing, uh, a solid report came out about week two, actually, uh, as we're kind of moving through here. And that says that after the Chiefs have a little bit like a mini buy coming off the, coming off the game there, that they'll also have the chance to go visit the Jacksonville Jaguars in week two. Like, what do we think of that? What do you think of that coming off the first game? Do you guys have any big thoughts on the Jags in week two? Man, I I love this in, in week two personally, um, especially after 10 games between the, the week one game and this matchup against the Jacksonville Jaguars. Honestly, it was it was a good game last time that they met up in the playoffs. I know that was a higher leverage situation, if you will. But I think that the Jaguars are like a, a sexy dark horse pick out of the AFC. So I, I don't know. I'm of course, I'm going to go into the season, you know, expecting an undefeated season from the Chiefs. Right. But I don't know. I, I like the Jaguars this early in the season, at least. What about you, Charles? I, I mean, I think it's a, a, you know, we talked about the Chiefs being a good barometer for the for the Lions in week one. The Jags are a pretty good barometer for the Chiefs in week two. I mean, you know, we you go down to Jacksonville, play at their place, which, you know, some years when they're terrible, it's not much of a factor. But, I mean, they, they're they good right now. And, you know, and Trevor Lawrence is, you know, one of the ascending young quarterbacks in the NFL. And I, if we can go down there and take care of business when you figure it's going to be early September and probably, you know, 95 degrees and muggy in Jacksonville – it's gonna like it's gonna show a lot for us. Like, what kind of shape are we in? And you know, what kind of uh, what kind of team do we have against a playoff team that kind of pushed us to the brink last year in the uh, in the divisional round? Albeit with you know Mahomes on one leg, but you know it'll be. I think it'll be a good uh, good early barometer for the Chiefs to see where they're at as a team as well. 
what do you think we're going to see? You know, earlier, Stacy in the comments mentioned Detroit as a barometer, the Chiefs as a barometer for Detroit overall. But I'm thinking the same thing, you know, the, the difference in watching Trevor Lawrence year one to year two, how he performs against the Chiefs in year three, that's going to be a barometer for him. I think people are yeah. going to be watching, like, is he going to enter the conversation of the game's great quarterbacks? That game could do it. I, you know, if he pulls off some, it, I don't even think it has to be game winning heroics. If he pulls off competitive down to the wire heroics, we may start to hear Trevor's name alongside Josh, Joe, Patrick, Justin. Yeah, for sure. I will, th- but there's someone else that we're not considering. That's Calvin Ridley. I mean, they, they traded for him uh-huh. a, a year ago. And man, Trevor, I know they, they invested in Christian Kirk. Um, I'm not a Kirk believer personally. I definitely think Ridley is the better player. Yeah. But man, that that receiving core is gonna be is gonna be something that tests this Kansas City defense. Adding adding Calvin Ridley to that offense is gonna be that's a nice little dose of uh of spice there for the Jags. So you know it's gonna be a different team than what we faced in the playoffs last year for sure. Yeah, but we will be too. So by the way, when they pulled off that trade for Ridley, like I was secretly hoping that was a KC kind of like yeah. I loved that move. And I know it's not without risk. I know he's been away from the game. I know that if there's like mental ill, I, I, I know, I know that there are risks and it may not work out like Jacksonville hopes, but the upside play there is mm-hmm. like, huge. Really was. Uh, yeah. It, it was tremendous when he was on in Atlanta. So yeah, I, I just thought that was such a savvy move by Jacksonville. Yeah, for sure. And that, uh, that is going to be the thing. I think Ridley is going to be the thing that pr- propels Lawrence um you know past that middling tier of quarterbacks into like the top 10 overall in the league me personally yeah it, it'll be interesting to see by the way we have we didn't mention you know there was a guy chosen before Aiden Hutchinson well you know will Trayvon Walker even yeah. look the part in his second you know that'll be interesting to see there's, too. there's a lot going on yeah and I, um, I love that they're going down to Jacksonville like that'll be kind of a I don't know it's it's the end of summer. Could be a little bit of a destination game for Chiefs fans, maybe. I don't know. I'll bet we travel though well there, don't you think? I would say so. Don't I they have like so. a place to watch from a pool? Can't you get in a pool? Yeah, they got a pool in the stadium. I don't know that I would get into it just after like seeing some of the people that have been in it in the past, but I'm sure the chlorine's <laughs> strong in Florida, so we fine. I mean, either like I trust the chlorine in one pool or the bubbles in another pool. Like that's just that just means all the germs go away, right? Like in a hot yeah, tub. Exactly. Um, oh exactly. Man. Oh Matt, oh no. <laughs> Charles, we have to tell him. If I'm if yeah, I'm wrong, don't well, don't let me find out right. If I'm okay. we can talk we can talk about that one off air. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Let's uh, let's have that conversation later. I didn't go to health class, so I don't know how that works. So uh Charles, let me start with you on this one. Week four, New York Jets. Uh looks like we're getting a primetime matchup. Aaron Rodgers. I'm not sure these days if he spells it A A R O N or E R R I N <laughs> as in Aaron. Sorry, that's a bad pun. Anyway, what, what, what do you make of it? I mean, we've we've wanted to see this matchup. What do you think of this matchup? Finally, finally get to see Mahomes versus uh versus Rogers. Uh, you know, uh, look, I I think that I tweeted right after the Rogers official trade that, you know, which they danced for what, like four or five weeks before the actual trade went down. But, you know, I still think the AFC East is Buffalo's to lose, but the jets are going to be very interesting and, and very uh, spunky this year. I mean, you get a guy like Rogers and uh, you know, I know they've got, you know, uh, 
Oh God, Garrett Wilson and and Brees Hall, and then they just drafted a running back from uh from Pitt who is an animal as well. So I mean that offense is going to be, you know, it's going to be good. But I, I to me, and maybe this is just like uh like old like that old habits die hard or whatever. But I still think it's the Jets, and I think that you know the Chiefs will probably take care of business pretty easily against the Jets. But who knows? I mean they could be they could be a real serious contender this year, and it could be a great matchup. But also. Did Rodgers really blow anybody away last year in Green Bay? I know he had a little bit of a lackluster crew around him, but it was guys that he handpicked, like Randall Cobb, and he brought those same guys to him with him to the Jets. So you complain about your weapons in one place, but to go to the other place, you're like, hey, sign all my buddies. Like, I, I don't really get how that works. I don't understand. I've never been on a darkness retreat, so I don't know how Aaron <laughs> Rodgers' brain works, but, uh, or nor have I, nor have I ingested ayahuasca. So maybe I need to to open up my my soul and uh, and kind of experience life a little in a little deeper way so I can get where he's coming from. But he just wasn't that remarkable last year. And and I feel like like if you stack the Packers roster up last year against the Jets roster this year and I haven't done this, so I don't know the answer. But would you find a, a heck of a lot of difference in that? I don't know. I mean, we'll see. We'll, we'll see what happens. They could be good or it could be very average. I, I don't know. I. I look forward to seeing those two quarterbacks square off, though. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, Wilson as a game-changing wide receiver, that's a big mm-hmm. deal. There. Yeah, certainly. Certainly. Don't forget, though, last year – wasn't it last year that the Packer – was it last year that the Packers held the Chiefs to, like, minimal output? And, or yeah. no, that was – was that two years ago? Two, two years ago. When, when Jordan when, Love. That was Jordan, Jordan Love. Love yeah. and, oh. and you're scratching your head going, how did we barely win that game? Yeah. But that was like a that was like a four-game stretch, though, where Mahomes was just kind of – it was, was, weird. was not himself. Like he was very, very like skittish in the pocket Was kind of like try to run around a little bit too much before he really, I think he really kind of settled in after, I think they played the Cowboys the week after that at home. Yeah. They really mm. kind of settled in after that, but they barely I mean, beat was, the giants and they were like, yeah, I remember that. Two or three win team. And yeah. yeah. Well, they were three and four. They had just gotten blasted by the Titans. They were three and four at that point in the year <sighs> before the giants game. And then they played the Packers right after that, I think. So it was a, that was a weird start. Please no. How how much how much of of I, I know we're down on Rogers, and then you if you see the down season and then you think, oh, a forty year old, like you could do that math pretty quickly, and mm-hmm. and that's good math to do. However, he also won MVP two years before that. I mean, it wasn't just it wasn't just like oh he got lucky and one had a one good year. It was like oh no he like. He like marched up to Mahomes and was like, "You're not the dominant quarterback yet. I am." And then for two years, he like took the baton back, and then now he's got something to prove. And so you could do some math there too, if you had to bet right now, which version of Rogers are we going to see? I I think we're going to see a version of Rogers who looks like a 40 year old quarterback. Okay. Personally, he is he's he's removed from those MVP seasons, and there has been a noticeable just the eye test and the stats. There's been a noticeable decline. I don't I don't care about his supporting cast. Honestly, we've we've trust me. We all know how those debates go with when we're talking about MVP quarterbacks. I think he is going to look like a above average quarterback. Yes, but I don't think he's going to look like two-time MVP Aaron Rodgers will. So I definitely think that this matchup is going to be like a what if they faced two years ago? What if they faced off three years ago or something like that? But 
I don't know. I'm I'm very down on Aaron Rodgers right now. Well, yeah, it's like what Aaron Rodgers are you going to get? Are you going to get the Aaron Rodgers that is you know a competitor and a super driven guy who wins back to back MVPs? Are you going to get the guy that is kind of like lackadaisical and complacent about the game of football because what really is football? Like, you know, it's like uh, it's like that Jim Carrey skit on uh, on SNL a couple of years back, whenever like from the Matthew McConaughey Lincoln commercials, where he's like, "We're just bugs on a rock in a void." Like, I feel like that's how Aaron Rodgers looks at the world now. Like, what, what's football, man? It doesn't matter, you know. Well, so there, there's no more soulful place to ponder those things than New York, right? Well, like man. that's yeah, exactly. the, the best place oh, to go for that. Mm-hmm. He's For either sure. gonna he may shrivel up and die or he might or or rise to some occasion and we're all like completely shocked. Um Bart Young says Rogers has much more talent at wideout than he had in Green Bay last year, and Brees Hall is explosive. Expect him to have a good year. Ronald Rodrigo says, I expect more out of Rogers this year than last year, at least a decent version when we played him in week four. Yeah, it'll be interesting. If if the Jets are not good. And they fade down the stretch. You're going to see probably a different version of Rodgers that becomes dispirited. But at least when the Chiefs play them, it should be a hopeful competitive Rodgers if he can summon that up, despite Jacob's great doubts. uh, Immense doubts. Immense doubts. Uh, (laughs) Let's switch gears here. Minnesota Vikings. This one for me. Man, I don't know what to make of it. Uh, I mean, they won a lot of games last year, barely. Mm-hmm. That point differential does not equal that record. Yet at the same time, they've got they've got talent in key places. Um, we're looking at week five here, according to reports that seem quite trustable, if you will. <laughs> uh, Sunday afternoon game. Uh, Jacob, you want to you want to take? The, do you have thoughts on the Vikings as a as a as a contending opponent or do you think it's going to be like not a big deal no i i think they'll be a a contending opponent but it'll still end up being a like it'll be like a one or two matchup game like this is either going to be justin jefferson takes over the game and wins for the vikings or it's going to be a a thorough trouncing from Mm -hmm. the chiefs i just if you look at on on paper and with the coaching these position groups side by side, the chiefs have the edge in so many of them, in, mm-hmm. in my opinion. And I think they have head and shoulders, the the better coaching staff, not just head coach. So I'm, I'm kind of look, I know they can't do it, but I'm kind of looking past this game. Um, but Charles, what, what do you think, man? Uh, I agree almost completely with you on that. I think if, if we let Justin Jefferson, Jamar chase us, uh, then there's going to be some, some problems and, you know, they're good enough to stay in it until the end and do something late and, and sneak a, a win out. But uh, I, I, it's going to be interesting to see how we match up specifically with Justin Jefferson and, and how Spags kind of schemes him up because mm-hmm. they have one weapon that can kill you and the rest are, you know, okay. It is kind of scary that it's – if we had this game in primetime, I would say Chiefs 42, Vikings 7, because primetime Kirk Cousins is, <laughs> is is a joke and a real thing. But, uh, you know, 325, we'll see what kind of Kirk Cousins we get. I, I don't – as long as the Chiefs are locked in, they should win that game. The only thing that could really uh, – to me right now that could blow that would be Jefferson going absolutely bananas on the Chiefs defense, which – 
has happened to good yeah. teams. So like a we'll Jamar see. Chase, like a Jamar Chase yeah. kind of game where yeah. um, we just can't do anything about it. Yeah. Right. Well, he's playing out of his mind too. I mean, yeah. you know, it happens. It just yeah. does. I was looking at, I was looking at some rankings of pass rushers and I was a little surprised that um, like uh, someone from pro football focus was listing this, like the best batch of like ranking them all. Mm-hmm. And Minnesota was number one, Zadarius Smith, Daniel Hunter, they add Marcus Davenport to that mix. Um, they've got some guys on the interior who can also disrupt. I'm looking at that, whether or not I agree with that exact placement. It occurs to me that this could be a really good test of what do the Chiefs have now in Jawan Taylor and and Donovan Smith? How are they going to hold up? Because if they have that kind of pass rush, that's going to be what we see on a weekly basis in the postseason are those kinds mm-hmm. of High pressure, got to be able to handle it. Matchups, um, that's going to be something to watch in this game. Is how well they are able to disrupt what uh, Matt Nagy now and that offense wants to do. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, could be something to watch there. But uh, could. Any other thoughts on Vikings or or we feel like I will. So I'm I'm actually gonna I'm gonna go back to Charles on on this. So do you? Charles, just curious, do you feel like a 325 start is is prime time or not? Because some, me personally, out here on the East Coast, I do prefer that over like the later Sunday night starts. But me, that's just me. I call them a sweet spot game because I think they're the best games yeah. as a fan to watch because the noon is a little bit it's a little bit wonky because you know you've got stuff going on Sunday mornings you got to get you got to take care of. I mean now now that I have a child i'm sure it's going to be on steroids compared <laughs> yes. to what it used to be uh the late games i hate waiting around all day for that 325 start is just that's uh perfect chef's kiss i i love 325 starts man what about you matt i'll say this i love having i love this iteration of the chiefs and success but i miss when the chiefs sucked and every day was just like a predictable like I missed the schedule of when they sucked uh, because it was like, Hey, it's 17 games of Sunday, either one, or like, you know, either the one or four o'clock Eastern slots. Yeah. And, and then you're done. Like we don't have no prime time. I don't have to worry about whatever. I can like come home, eat a big meal, fall asleep, watching my favorite team lose. Cause they lost all, all the time <laughs> in those days. Mm-hmm. And then that was it. And then now it's like, okay, wait, are they playing on, Thursday, Wednesday, are they playing after my mom's sewing club? What's going on? I don't know. It's just, <laughs> like, it's just, it's craziness. I don't know. It, it's like Charles, when you have a kid and they grow up and then suddenly you're like, I don't know, like what is tonight? Oh, it's karate followed by the music program, followed by soccer practice. That's what the cheeks are doing to us right now. It's like uh Monday night, Sunday night, Thursday, you know, we even have a Sunday morning game, you guys. I know. Year. A Sunday Eight, morning game. 8.30 yeah. in the morning. Crazy. <laughs> crazy. Yeah. Uh, before we get to that, just want to say shout out. Um, if you guys are out there listening, um, any of you, if you're watching on the on YouTube right now, give us a thumbs up. Uh, hit the subscribe button. Uh, those things make a great difference. Leave us a comment. Um, we'd love to hear from you. Um, if you're listening on your favorite podcast app, whatever it is, Give us a shout and a review there. Um, as always, those things, they do. They go a long way in, in the metrics. I'd explain it to you, but I can't because I don't know what those algorithms are. But I have a friend named Alan Go Rhythm, and he, his name is Al Go Rhythm, 
And he told me that these things matter. So listen to my friend, Alan. And uh, that was the worst pun ever. I'm sorry. Anyway, back to the schedule. Um, week nine. Here we go. Uh, we are Miami Dolphins, early November, in Frankfurt, Germany. Uh, wait, no, Frankfurt in Frankfurt, Germany. Um, what do we like? What do you think of this whole matchup at midseason? Uh, I mean, I, it is a little bitter. It's a little bittersweet that Tyreek Hill is not coming back to Arrowhead. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, I mean, I think that I've looked at this. I think I, I wrote about this in the earlier in the offseason about the Germany game. Like, this is such a huge opportunity for the Chiefs to be able to go over there and and kind of, you know, build out not just the their brand, the NFL's brand, but some of these individual players too. I mean, you look at some of the biggest stars in the history of basketball in particular, right? Michael Jordan, Kobe Bryant, LeBron James, all those guys are huge because they have obviously a huge following here in the States, but where, you know, millionaires become billionaires in the sports world is when they have brands overseas. They you can have huge fan bases in Europe, have huge fan bases in Asia. And this is such a huge opportunity for, you know, for Europe to see firsthand Mahomes and the Chiefs. I think Mahomes benefits from this more than anybody because he's obviously got his brand here. He's kind of building that Jordan, LeBron, Kobe-esque like uh, mystique about him in the NFL. Um, and to take that to Europe is, is huge. The matchup itself uh, kind of scares me because they got a hell of a lot of speed on offense. And that if there's – like we talked about Justin Jefferson. We talked about the Jags' weapons. The Dolphins have weapons with Tyreek yeah. and Jalen Waddle. So young secondary, midseason, hopefully they're settled in. But, man, those guys, those guys can burn. And that could be uh, – mm-hmm. it, it depends on how two is playing and how healthy he is. Um, but God, those receivers scare me. I, I don't like seeing Tyreek on the other side of the on the other side of the field. No, no. Jalen Waddle is like very impressive. He's he getting is, overshadowed yes. by by Tyreek, as he should, but yeah, that's it. Jacob, what's your take on the game? I'm you know what? It's it's great that they are that they are sending a good matchup overseas. Um mm. I I saw that and my second reaction was does this feel a little political by by the NFL? Because you don't want to take Tyreek Hill, who has his own great following and is, you know, one of the bigger wide receiver personalities in recent history now. You know, they, they don't want the optics of him getting absolutely booed out of the stadium in Kansas City after, you know, how he has handled this departure from Kansas City. So you know what? You, you send him over in front of a neutral crowd. You send him over to Frankfurt. Get all the all the good PR of them going around Germany and doing all the all the things they can do. But I'm I'm with Charles. The wide receivers do do really scare me. I I will be watching how the defense does in the first half of the season. The Miami defense that is because I don't I don't see a whole lot of teeth on on that unit right now and. You know, at, at the end of the day, the Kansas City Chiefs defense might keep them in games, but the offense wins the games for the Chiefs. Yeah. Yeah. So if if they could take advantage of a of a fumbling defense, then I I think this is going to be a good good performance overseas from the Chiefs. Yeah, I, 
I th- I think it's an opportunity lost, a big opportunity lost. I I'm not sure that Tyreek gets booed out of Arrowhead. Do you think he get really? I mean, I mean, I know that there are I know there are some fans who are like, I hate him. I'm done. Yeah, but I would hope that a good amount, maybe even the majority of fans, could go, Hey, that guy like almost set every franchise record, like in a minimal amount of time. Like that's that's true. That's true. But and there is there is an an optic to like, you know, the most vocal fans don't necessarily mean the most fans. Sure. But what I'm what I'm hearing, what I'm reading is this this group of fans that are like, hey, now he doesn't even belong in the ring of honor because, you know, he wasn't here long enough or just all these arguments against his overall legacy. I think that and especially especially if he goes out in 2023 and doesn't light it up like he did last year. If he stumbles at all and is not like a top three wide receiver, I think Chiefs fans would would jump on that. Mm. Um, I'm not not calling calling everyone classless or nothing, but I do think that there is some vim and vigor against Tyreek Hill right now. Mm. Yeah, I think so. And, and sadly, I think the reaction to Tyreek coming back to Arrowhead would depend on what time the game was. Uh, at Arrowhead, because if you give everyone in the in the stadium from, you know, they say par- the parking lots are supposed to open like four hours before uh, before kickoff, but they always open early. If it's a primetime game and there's people in the parking lot boozing from, you know, <laughs> 10 a.m. until a 7.20 kickoff, it could get ugly for Tyreek Hill in that scenario. Sure, sure. I could see that. Uh, you know, look, I-, I think we'd all agree that Tyreek could use a – PR person telling him like, yo, yeah, there are some beautiful, well, look, I'll, I'll say this just the other day, two days ago, Sterling and I had Tim Grunhard on the podcast and, you know, Tim played his whole life in Kansas city now calls it home, been here 30 years, uh, played 11 years for the franchise in a row and now is living off of the, the credibility, the chips he earned um, by like just being a constant presence and a positive force in and for the community. And when a player leaves, there's still that chance to like enjoy that relationship with the fans, long-term credibility, whatever, except when you're like pulling a Tony G and then just saying all the wrong things. And you're just thinking, man, I, I don't think you realize what doors you shut, what future doors you shut. By just not saying the diplomatic thing, you don't even like you could like decline a comment or you could not post that tweet and it would actually save you business opportunities down the road, fan interaction down the road, you know, like, all, all those things that maybe could even help a player figure out what to do after the game's over. And and here here's Tyreek kind of sort of mucking all that up. Um, you know, hate to say it because I – He's a singular talent. I think he's a Hall of Famer for sure. But um, yeah, I, I you know sad to see in in that way for sure, for sure. And you know what? That's that's something that we might reflect on in ten or twenty years down the line after he is after he's off the field. Because right right now we're just judging him on on the field. And you know what? Maybe he he just wants to stay in the in the light. And it's it's hard in the off season, man. Right, Charles. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Uh, well, I, I think you, I, I was kind of thinking to myself as we were talking through this, like 
you know, typically time heals all wounds. So mm-hmm. hopefully 10 to 20 years down the road, we still look back fondly and remember, you know, the 13 seconds against Buffalo, things like that. The punt return against uh, against the, the Raiders on, th- on Thursday night in his rookie year. Like, you know, the, the good times. Hopefully you don't remember him, you know, being an idiot uh, after uh, after he was traded. But, you know, it's, we'll see. Yeah. It just depends on how much more he says, really. That's true. Like, well, how much more do you pile on? I we'll find out that week. It'll be you know if it'll be interesting because mm-hmm. we will hear about it. Like I, mm-hmm. my prediction for that game is not about scores; it's about the fact that I'm going to like silence the word Tyreek in my Twitter oh my mentions. Gosh. Yeah, for that week, I just it's going to be what it is. Everyone's going to be talking about that matchup. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, then they've got Tyreek and Jalen Ramsey now, so I mean that's like the uh, I mean. Two of the two of the most outspoken trash talkers in the league. So yeah, they'll probably give us some bulletin board material. I would say. <laughs> yeah, maybe they like will cancel each other out. Maybe it'll maybe <laughs> it'll end up being zero. It's like a it's like a zero times theory. I don't know. I don't know how. Is- I don't know how math works. What do I know? Uh, Matt, can can you draw this on the wall behind you, please? Yeah, I, I yeah, have yeah. to see this math. That's yeah, why this whole wall is blank right here. So I can write <laughs> Thank you. I appreciate that. So uh, uh, so let's move forward. Primetime matchup. Super Bowl rematch, week 11, Philadelphia Eagles, Monday night football. If you have the Chiefs going perfect record, then I already know what you think. But what do you think of Jalen Hurts? Uh, and I mean, this Eagles team only added, yeah, you know, draft pieces that young, they already had young pieces that were getting better. Uh, what do you think of this matchup? I'd, I think it'll be a great matchup. I think it's going to be one of those games that will, you know, as as the season progresses, some football fans will fall out if their if their team is struggling in the first half of the season. I think this is going to be a marquee matchup that brings a lot of those fans back to the sport in general. I I think it'll be a very fun game. I am very worried about this game. I ain't gonna lie. It's in Arrowhead, which I think will be very very fun. And there's there's going to be a, a lot leading up to it. Honestly, you got you got Donna Kelsey once again. Um, you're gonna have the the narrative of like, is this Jason Kelsey's last last go? Um, there's a there's a lot to there's a lot of storylines even right now, and that's before the first snap of the season has even been taken. What do you think, Charles? Uh, yeah, I think the storylines are gonna be uh, you know plentiful for sure. But you know, roster wise, talent wise, yeah, the Eagles look like they're gonna be a world beating team again. But not to be a hater, because um, they were a great team last year. They stormed through the NFC playoffs and could have easily won the Super Bowl against us. But, you know, they, let's see how the Chiefs have seen this year after year after year for the last five, six, seven seasons. A first-place schedule is a hard thing to maneuver in the NFL. Yeah. And do the Eagles do the Eagles come out? They played a third-place schedule last year, which doesn't necessarily mean that it was a cupcake schedule. I mean, they were 14-3. and three, So – you won the games that were in front of you. That's what you have to do in the NFL, win, win each week, you know. But how do they react with a first-place schedule? And they have two brand-new coordinators on both sides of the ball. So mm, let's point. see how those good guys point. settle in. Let's see how, you know, without Shane Steichen, without uh, – oh, man, who was there? Jonathan John Gannon. Gannon. Yeah. yeah, the most – the Michael Scott of football coaches, apparently. <laughs> uh, let, let's <laughs> – Let's see see how those guys, let's see how those guys settle in and what that offense and defense looks like under new leadership. Cause realistically, you know, 
from a coaching standpoint, they're kind of still unproven, especially with two new coordinators. So uh, I'll be interested to see how they start the season. That'll really kind of dictate what that matchup and what those what those uh, storylines look like, because obviously you have the Kelsey's and all that stuff. But, you know, how, how are they going to look? And how does Jalen Hurts play now that he's one of the highest paid quarterbacks in the league? What does that pressure look like on him compared to, you know, being a, a mid-round draft pick who is certainly outplaying his low expectations, but now that bar is is high. So let's kind of see how those changes play out for them. And, you know, I don't know. I, I'm, I'm intrigued. They're going to be a very interesting team to watch all year because they have a lot of, you know, very different things coming into this year as opposed to last year where expectations were lower and they exceeded them. Now let's see how they mm-hmm. all respond with, with the bar as high as it can get. So Matt, are you uh are you gonna call them the the Philly Georgia Eagle Dogs or are you gonna call them the the Georgia Delphia <laughs> bully birds? I don't know. Is it gonna be is it, are we gonna see Jalen Carter or Carter in jail? I'm not oh, sure. Oh, I'm not oh, sure which one. What are we gonna see oh, there? Oh man. That's, that's pretty good, by the way. I we're gonna do a uh, hybrid hybrid of the of the bulldogs and eagles. Would that be a would that be a beagle? I oh. I like it. I like I it. I like it. Not a very threatening mascot. No, no. Beagles are Loud. cute though. Distractibly are. cute. Distractibly cute. cute. Uh that goes for most of us, I think, here too. Distractibly cute. I'll, Absolutely. Uh, thanks, man. I'll leave that up to Richard <laughs> to to put that tag on one of us. Anyway, um I, I I'll say this about that matchup. I, you know, the trenches. The Eagles, the Eagles look absolutely stacked in the trenches. Um, it's going to be a lot of fun to see some of the battles there again, like with the Chiefs' new tackles. With like you know, if you're talking about the second half of the season, I'm going to assume that Felix Anudike Uzoma is you know Uzoma is going to be like getting some good reps there. The Chiefs could be as deep or or just about as the Eagles there, and that's going to be a lot of fun. But What's going to make that? What's going to make a difference for me? And and this is true of Eagles and other mobile quarterback matchups. We have Drew Tranquil now to go with Willie Gay to go with Nick Bolden. Uh, this unit in the second level is so much more stacked than any time ever since Spags took over. And so some of these quarterbacks that have given us real issues by picking on the linebacker who can't cover or or the linebacker who can't spy. We've now got multiple guys who can do multiple things, um, and that's gonna that's gonna shift that back on the quarterback to not know kind of where to go with the ball or what to do. I think that could make a huge difference in a matchup like this. I I agree, and to to double down on what you were talking about, Matt, you know we we're gonna see all this speed in the in the front line of the Chiefs defense. Um, I mean, one of Keandre Coburn's best highlights from college was him chasing down college quarterbacks like he has the speed i know bj thompson might not be contributing by then but boom speed turk wharton's gonna be back mike dana you know can he capitalize on a pretty strong 2022 season both of those guys have the raw speed so i think yeah i mean if if they contain jalen hurts this is a completely different matchup in my opinion yeah yeah love it Lucky for Chiefs fans, Anthony Hitchens and uh, Ben Neiman are not walking through that door. Yeah. So it's a lot different field. <laughs> Thank goodness. I saw someone even said like, hey, they should uh, – BJ Thompson has Hitchens' number now. And it was like, oh, they should – like someone's like, hey, have him get rid of that number. And I didn't get it. I was like, what's wrong with 53? And then <laughs> and then someone else said, oh, because Hitchens had that number. And I was like, oh, man, we hate on old quarterbacks so much that we don't even want like – 
a number associate like just the yeah. association is is out the nope. window, I guess. Yep. Sometimes no numbers way. should be retired in disgrace as well. Like that, you know, <laughs> Dang. just have Dang, the equipment Charles. manager toss that thing. <laughs> that <laughs> man's just trying to make a living. Oh man. <laughs> Given like the eighties and then like Todd Haley years and all that, we're gonna need like triple digits. Uh, yeah, yeah, true. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uniform do we number. even have fifty-three numbers to to field a roster? Yeah, at that probably point? not. Like, probably yeah. not. Probably <laughs> I need not. to rethink that. Yeah, what number was Sabby Piscatelli? What number was that? I don't know. Oh, I couldn't remember. I couldn't tell you. All right. If you I could, that would be amazing. I can't remember either. Yeah. Um. All right. Uh. Look. Let's get week thirteen at Green Bay on Sunday Night Football. Little shocked that Green Bay is getting some real prime time here post. Rogers trade. Uh, I'm assuming Jordan Love's mom is going to have slightly better seats, hopefully, uh, for that game <laughs> than she had uh, back in Arrowhead. I mean, are they just wanting to see Mahomes trounce an opponent, or am I overlooking the Packers? I don't think I don't think you're overlooking the Packers. I mean, I was surprised that they gave Jordan Love a contract extension already. I, I was like, what the what the heck are you guys doing? But I I don't know. Charles, I have like no opinion about the Green Bay Packers right now. Uh, I don't either. This is a perfect candidate to get flexed out of that spot, though. I mean, yeah. mm-hmm. uh, the only allure I see in this matchup right now, and I'm not going to pretend to know a lot about the Packers, but the only allure I see in this is that it's a, a late season December game at Lambeau and they can True. like, is it is this is this, you know, about the stadium more than the team? I, I don't I don't know. I mean, yeah, had maybe that gets flexed out. Who knows? Uh, yeah. I'm not. I'm not worried about that matchup. Well, I mean, that's really all we need to say about that. Then, <laughs> week 16. I got opinions here. I want to hear what you guys have to say. Las Vegas Raiders coming to Arrowhead on Christmas Day on a Monday at noon. So I, Santa, put aside your cookies and milk. Stop delivering some presents. Well, I guess by then it's too late anyway. But you know, whatever. What like? What do we think of? What do we think of a Monday Christmas noon game at Arrowhead and then it's the Raiders? Does that add or take away anything? All all I'm imagining is some of these diehard season ticket holders like, all right, kids, well, we're having Christmas morning at 3 a.m. because I got to get to the tailgate. <laughs> you got to think the parking lot's going to open up at 8 a.m. for yeah. that game. Uh-oh, there's there's going to be Christmas trees in the parking lot and presents Please. under them for that game. Please. That's what's going to that. Yeah, that's, that's what will happen. I. That could be an incredible, incredible matchup if the Raiders are competitive somehow. But yeah. I, uh, I haven't quite processed through that one mentally and emotionally yet, Matt. I want to, I want to hear what what you have to say about it. it sounds mm-hmm. like you got some strong takes on this one. Well, I mean, on the Raiders, I don't. I mean, I mean, if you if your offseason plan is to is to flip Derek Carr for Jimmy G, I've got nothing else <laughs> to pay attention to on your team. I mean. <laughs> I mean, at that, at that point, I know that you're not to be taken seriously, and it's just a, it's a matter of time until the hourglass sand runs out on your tenure, and we'll meet we'll meet two new schlubs in charge of the Raiders in in, in a year or two. That's fine. Yeah. But but I, you know, I I guess I think I mean, look, you know, the NFL is looking at Christmas Day, going, well, why are we letting the NBA eat all the headlines, enjoy banner ratings, yeah. and 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 milk all the money well let's milk this yep. cow too they can and they will and and because we will watch it everyone will clamor for those spots but and and maybe look maybe i shouldn't worry about this maybe this is getting too morose and we watch football to escape not talk about these things but i'm thinking of all the concession workers 
who have to go drive to the stadium, get there, get ready in the winter on Christmas day. I'm, I'm thinking of all the people who have to make productions happen, whatever. It's a ton. It, you know what, man, you could, you could, you could have a, you could have a game at a normal day at a normal time. And instead you got to put it in the middle of Christmas day and, and change a lot for a lot of families. And, um, you know, it could be a fun game. Maybe, maybe some families will make a fun memories out of it in some way. And you hope they will, but yeah, just overall, I just kind of thought that's a, that's kind of a crappy thing to do personally for people. And I don't know if I'm alone in that, but yeah, uh, yeah, that, that was my thought. No, I agree. I think that's, you know, sometimes, sometimes talking about football and thinking about football, you lose track of empathy. And I think that's a, that's a very real human point to make. And I mean, that's a, Unfortunately, a byproduct of, of how the NFL operates now, like, you know, started the show off talking about how we're just entrenched in, in all of this on a, on a Thursday in May. Yeah. And then, you know, on Christmas Day, we're going to be the exact same way when we should be focused on family and all this other wonderful stuff that you should focus on around the holidays. So we're going to, you know, I'm going to be cussing at my TV because we <laughs> haven't as we let Jimmy G throw for like 200 yards, like this guy's a trash rat. Why are we letting him do anything right now? And yeah. I'm just not going to have, I'm not going to have the Christmas spirit. If we play bad, yeah. if we kill him, then I'll be fine. But Maybe that's why you ask for TV in advance, knowing the current one you have will then be <laughs> extra. So you could like punish it if you need to punish it. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Just have a spare. Yeah, I get it. KCDC comments. He says double time for those guys, right? What better place to be making two times? I hope so. I hope yeah. Clark. I hope Clark Hunt or Mark Donovan or someone in charge says, "Look, I don't know what protocols are. I don't know what your what the people are typically going to give you. But look, let me just say, I'll figure out a way to take care of every ticket taker, concessions worker, usher, parking attendant, whatever on that day to make sure it's worth being at Arrowhead on on Christmas. That I hope someone does that for their. Sake. I agree. I I very much agree, and it's it'll be a it'll be a great PR moment for for the Chiefs. I imagine you know them going and taking care of those workers, but then also making it a memorable Christmas experience outside of a football experience for the fans that are in attendance. Um, it it could be a it could be a great moment that a lot of people look back on fondly in Kansas City. Could be, it could be very true. I hope uh, it is at least. There's one more game that we know of at this point. And folks, if you're still listening, uh, just know the NFL schedule reveal will be coming in a couple hours. Some people say mm-hmm. it's already out there. Who knows? Um, but we're at least we're commenting on what we know or believe firmly that we can know at this point yeah. uh, as we march through the, our schedule reveal here. Uh, and and that is look uh, Cincinnati Bengals. This was one of the earliest games that we knew about Cincinnati Bengals week 17, New Year's Eve, three twenty-five. Uh, Sunday kickoff at Arrowhead. The Chiefs announced this early. This is, big, I mean, this is probably the game, the game on the schedule. Earlier we were talking about the Eagles, where we're like, oh, but maybe their schedule. Well, I mean, <laughs> but there's no, there's no like, oh, but, 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 but. Like, like there's no reducing the Bengals. Right. We know the Bengals. What do we think of getting the Bengals with only two weeks left of the whole regular season? I'm I'm torn about it, man. Like there's there's a lot of different that's a lot of games before they actually see the Bengals. And I don't know if I if I like that. I would like it to be a, a midseason matchup where both teams are at, at full strength. And who knows? Either one of these teams could already be resting starters 
in week 17, depending on how the playoff seating is, is stacking up. Um, I, I just don't know, Charles. I'm it's bittersweet. Yeah, I'd agree. I, I think I, I think I like it more than most because I think that it prevents the chiefs from say they are in a position where they're, you know, going to finish 14 and three, 15 and two, something like that. I mean, that's obviously projecting a lot because it's a tough schedule and, you know, 11 and six could win the division this year. You never know. But, you know, if they're that top tier of the AFC and you have a couple of powder puffs the last three weeks of the season, then when you get to the playoffs, the likelihood that you get punched in the mouth a little bit by whoever you're playing Mm -hmm. is that much higher. So having that like, Warm up to go into the playoffs again. Not a warm up, but I mean a real like those are like live rounds going into the the playoffs with Cincinnati in Week 17. I think it keeps them sharp late in the season. But yeah, man, it sucks because I mean you're going to play Cincinnati more than likely in Week 17, and then probably within the next three weeks play them again. And it's like, man, it, that fresh of a look. I mean, we saw it a couple of years ago when we played them in Week 17 in Cincy, and then mm-hmm. in the AFC Championship. I don't love it, but I do think it's a good opportunity just playing devil's advocate to keep the team sharp late in the season, going into the playoffs and, and hopefully, you know, have them on their a game to make another run at what I think we all hope to be another Super Bowl championship. So that would have been the best opening day matchup. I thought, I think we can, we can all agree there. That would have been the opening day game. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, there was no way they were going to do that, though. They weren't going to put that on, on the opening night because pe- oh, everyone man. in the country is going to watch opening night either way. Right. So, right. I, I am surprised that we're not playing the Bengals in like week five, week, yeah. week like a mid season must watch lightning rod, you know, kind of thing. Mm. Um, it'll be fun to see Orlando Brown and how he, how he handles the Chiefs defensive line and what Spags dials up for, you know, for him. Like there are some plot lines here that I like mm-hmm. overall to me. Look, there's one game after this. Remember it's week 18 is the full season. So we'll probably see, I don't know, maybe the Broncos. I'm assuming maybe we'll close the season against Broncos. It's possible that, that it, you know, you said maybe they're resting their starters. That's possible. It's also possible that both of these teams are tied uh, yeah. or within a game yeah. and, and are looking That's for true. the edge and are going to have to go all out knowing in two weeks, one of us gets to go home and just put our feet up while the other one slogs through hoping to avoid injuries in the opening round of the playoffs could be tough. So yeah, it'll, it'll be interesting to see that one there. Also Ronald Rodrigo mentioned something I was thinking too. (laughs) AFC North is tougher for them. Dude, Lamar back with more weapons. The Steelers are going to be tougher. Pickett's second year. I like some of the things they've done personnel wise. The Browns, I know I'm, I'm going to be laughed out of here, but because he didn't look that great last year. But I mean, when he's good, Deshaun Watson's a top five NFL quarterback. hundred percent. You can hate him personally. You can say what you want. I would agree with all that. But when he's good, and I know he's been away, but but uh, you know we all know it comes down to quarterback play, and Deshaun Watson is a tremendous quarterback when he's good. Uh, the AFC North. Who even comes out of that? That could be in play here. You know, when, when we're talking about the Bengals. Yeah, it, it it certainly could be, and there is a real possibility the Chiefs will just go play the Week 18 game and then turn around and face the Bengals. You know, right again. So there's there's that to think about as well, Matt. Yeah. Well, we'll we'll have the rest of the schedule reveal uh, a little bit later on tonight. We'll have all kinds of things coming up 
on site at arrowheadaddict.com. While we have you guys here, we've gone way over an hour already. <laughs> yeah, we have. But I just wanted to ask you, I just want to ask you one more question. We had a few more kind of on our show sheet, if you will. Um, but one of the things that won't go away personnel wise, once the dust settles on the schedule, Chris Jones has said, I'm not shutting up until Brett Veach signs my guy, Frank Clark again. Right. So if Twitter was a drum, he's banging it. And he says, I'm not quitting banging this drum until I get the shark back next to me. I'm looking at the roster going, is there room? I'm looking at the cap going, is there money? I'm looking at the team going, is there interest? What do you think of a guy with that much moxie putting that out there like that? And do you think the Chiefs make him happy? It, it depends on where they're at in the contract negotiations, honestly. Like if if the Chiefs are looking for any sort of edge and wanting to retain Chris Jones or Chris <clears throat> Jones wanting to stay in Kansas City, excuse me, um, I think that they will sign Clark because there is a – we've gotten so accustomed to the – you know, we had Dunlap, we had – Wow, why am I blanking on his name? The Melvin veteran. Ingram. Thank you, Melvin Ingram. Uh, we had Okafor before him. Like, there's always oh, yeah. kind of been this veteran edge rusher presence. And if I think if it was anything else, we would be calling that a Spags preference, like in his scheme. Um, I don't know if it is, but it could be. So I think that there is a spot for Frank Clark. Um, especially you're looking at, you know, BJ Thompson is another toolsy, that's a baseball term, but another toolsy edge rusher. Mm-hmm. You know, does that mean that they're out on Kando and Herring after these years? I think it could be, and that does open up some roster spots. Um, and if BJ Thompson doesn't perform well, then they're then they're going right back to, hey, we need another edge rusher to round out this rotation. Yeah. Charles, yeah, I, I mean, I think you know, this is—it's an annual tradition now of, of what veteran edge guy are we going to bring back, and <laughs> who who better than Frank Clark? I mean, yeah. there's probably guys that have better ability, but as far as that locker room goes, and the yeah. team, and the, the people inside of that, with the unity that goes into being a, a, a sports team in any in any sport, the camaraderie and the and the bond those guys have. Frank Clark has been a huge part of that yeah. for the last five years, or four four years, or however long he's back four or five years but i mean he's one of those driving forces on the defensive side of the ball just keeping that team together and obviously based on moves in the past that hasn't always been something that the team necessarily uh prioritizes because you know like when they let justin houston and eric berry walk i think a lot of fans were like what the hell but you know it's it's all about organizational health for the front office and if you can get Frank Clark back at an affordable deal, and if Chris Jones wants him that bad, I think someone said in the in the comments, Jones cough up five million on his deal, done. Uh, if Chris Jones wants to have some concessions in his in his pay for this year <laughs> and open up some space for for Frank Clark to come back in, bring him back. But it's got to make sense financially. Yeah, I'll I'll say this. I, I'm one. I'm a big advocate of bringing Frank back. I'm I'm done with Kane Doe. I'm done with Herring. We tried it. We did it. Whatever. You got to keep Thompson on the roster. He's a fifth round pick. You mm-hmm. added Andy DK Uzoma in the first round. The Chiefs made two draft picks. You got to keep him, of course, whatever. You have Mike Dana, who I think is way underrated. Mm-hmm. You have Charles Ominahue, and then you have George Carter-Loftus, who we're all anxious to see what he's going to do in his second year. If you add Frank Clark to that mix, Ominahue, Dana, FAU, and then Loftus. if you add Frank Clark as a fifth rusher there, yeah. I think that's a top five to ten pass rushing rotation in the NFL. 
Are you, would, you a, buy, the, would you buy or sell that? I, I would buy that. That's a top buy. five just defensive end rotation. Like that's not even yeah. taking yeah, without into, Chris, without even Chris. Yeah, Jones. without Chris. Yeah, yeah. Well, Frank Clark's your fifth guy, and he was a starter last year. So yeah, I mean that 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 makes you that makes you pretty formidable in my head. Love it, love it. Well, hopefully it happens. We got Chris Jones beating the drum. I'll beat the drum. Uh, although Clark Clark did tell me he doesn't care if I beat a drum. Clark Hunt told me that one time. So. He's like, feel free to beat a drum. I don't care. So whatever. <laughs> anyway, I'm just kidding. It, Gracie, by the way, though, told me, keep beating the drum. I do care. So I don't know. We'll see. Well, that's all that matters. That's yeah. really all that matters. Yeah. Yeah. She. I mean, she really pulls all the strings, I think. she. I think she does. I think That'll be does. the best ESPN 30 for 30 ever. <laughs> the, the real mind behind the Kansas City Chiefs. I love it. I love it. Hey, let me get one numerical prediction from you before we go. Mm. I know we don't know the full schedule yet, or at least it's not official. But we know the opponents. Either of you care to float a initial one-loss record from this regular season? You can take this first, Charles. <laughs> you got this. I hate doing this, man. Because uh, I'm so superstitious. I feel like if I go like 14 and three, I'm going to jinx them. Uh, I think I think it's a, maybe a touch of a step back this year, but I still think they're. I think a 13 and four feels right to me. Mm-hmm. 13 and four. That's good. Well, I guess I'm going to be the pessimistic one and say 12 and five. It's so funny that that's pessimistic, right? I, yeah, <laughs> I know, right? We're talking about a 12 and five team. 12 and five was on the tip of my tongue, but then I kind of veered back towards uh, being more uh, bright and cheery. So, yeah, it's, I, I don't know. There's just, I, I hate to say it, and I'm going to get a lot of flack for this, but I do find it hard to write off the Broncos completely I with, agree. with Sean Payton. Whoa. Uh, I know, I here? know, Matt. Don't don't dwell on this. Okay, okay. This doesn't I'll... change anything between us. I'm backing right? off. I'm backing off. <laughs> Matt, what's your prediction though? Uh, I I would go 14 and three, maybe even 15 and two. Ooh. I'll stay at 14 and three. I think we lose to Buffalo. I think there's a desperation there. I, I, I they've got they they're going to lose some game. Like I don't, I don't yeah, know that we're going exactly. 17 and 0. And so I think I think there's a desperation. Buffalo is either like in or done. To me, I mean, they're like, mm-hmm. like you, you got this window, and and yeah, Von Miller's back. I I I could see us losing a close one to Buffalo. I think we lose. I think we go one and one with the Chargers, um, because both of those games were three point games last year, and yeah, the Chargers had crazy injuries. I I, I just think they're they always play us tough. I could see that mm-hmm. split, and then I think just by math, you have to lose one more, whether that's. Whoever, it doesn't matter. I'm just, I'm saying there's a third floating loss in there somewhere. That's exactly what I was going to say. There's going to be that Colts type loss. Yeah. Or just yeah. like, what the hell just happened? Yeah. Bears yeah. are perfect candidate for that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. May- Justin Fields, maybe he'll, I don't know. Yeah. Maybe. Who knows? Maybe, Justin Fields has a career. Know. Justin Fields has a career game against the defending Super Bowl champs. I mean, yeah, right. that, Who what knows? a story. That adds like, up. Yeah. Yeah. I, it does. So I could see it, but who knows? Yeah, we're all, you know, well, we've got a good range here. I, I trust it. Yeah, it feels uh-huh. good. Every, everyone will say any given Sunday until you do a record prediction. I'll, I'll say that. It's true. Yeah, it's true. Well, let me say this uh, on behalf of all of us here at Arrowhead Addict. One, uh, one of our guests, Jacob Millam, follow him, follow Jacob at Arrowhead Addict, by the way, but also on Twitter at Jacob Millam KC. Uh, and our buddy Charles Robinson, also contributor. Follow him at Arrowhead Addict. 
Um, he just had a new baby, so he's writing a little bit less these Ooh. days. Yeah. And how much sleep are you getting, by the way? You know, more than I expected. Uh, but yeah? we'll see. We'll see how long that lasts. Yeah, it's been. He's been. He's been pretty good. Uh, but I don't. I know it's not going to last forever. So, uh, <laughs> you know, we're getting a solid like I don't know four or five hours a night. So Boy. I mean, it's not sometimes Could... six. So it's it's not wow. that bad. Wow! Wow! Yeah, man. six hours of sleep, yeah. man. Your yeah, baby's... he's. He, He's very chill. He's unlike me. He's, he's very much like his mother. He's very chill. So Love it. Love it. Uh, well, uh, he's our friend Charles Robinson. Make sure you're following Charles on Twitter at CRob5769. Um, and for all of us here, for our producer, Richard, uh, we just thank you guys so much for listening. You've been listening to Arrowhead Attic Podcast. And uh, anyone have any great like sign-off lines? Go I'd- Chiefs. Go Chiefs. <laughs> Go Chiefs. There it is. I'll see you guys. I like it. Thanks.